Psalm 46. God is our refuge and strength, an ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear. Though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging, there is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy place where the Most High dwells. God is within her. She will not fall. God will help her at break of day. Nations are in uproar. Kingdoms fall. He lifts his voice. And the earth melts. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Come and see the works of the Lord, the desolations he has brought on the earth. He makes wars cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the shields with fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Be still and know that he is God.
Good morning and uh, welcome to Living Hope Wesleyan Church. My name is Jeff Fuller, pastor at hopeforvermont.org and uh, excited to be with you. And so thank you so much for joining us on this uh, Sunday morning, the 24th of July. Kind of hard to believe that we're this far into uh, summer. The halfway point has passed, I guess. Uh, the call to worship is from John 15, the call to worship, John 15, 1 through 10. We read these words. I am the true grapevine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit, and he prunes the branches that do bear fruit, so they will produce even more. You have already been pruned and purified by the message I have given you. Remain in me, and I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine, and you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. John 15, 5. Yes, I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Anyone who does not remain in me is thrown away like a useless branch and withers. Such branches are gathered into a pyre to be burned. But if you remain in me and my words remain in you, you may ask for anything you want and it will be granted. When you produce much fruit, you are my true disciples. This brings great glory to my Father. I have loved you even as the Father has loved me. Remain in my love. When you obey my commands, you remain in my love, just as I obey my Father's commands and remain in his love. May God add his blessing to the reading of his word, John 15, 1 through 10. Jesus, we thank you for this morning and this opportunity to worship you collectively, together, to gather and be a part, to understand and know that we are not alone, but you have called us, that you are with us, and that we have a family, a host of witnesses cheering us on. We thank you, God, that uh, we can worship you and say, yes, Jesus, I choose to follow you. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. And we do thank you again for uh, being a part of all things Living Hope Wesleyan at Church digitally as we are on YouTube, Living Hope Wesleyan Church. You can find us there. We're on my personal Facebook account for the online worship service at 6.30 Sunday mornings, but also the church 
has a Facebook page as well as a Facebook group. Twitter is the same as the church Facebook page at Hope for Vermont. And then certainly subscribe to Apple iTunes, Google Podcasts, which is the same as uh, Instagram at Living Hope Wesleyan at Living Hope Wesleyan. Well, once more, we uh, welcome you in. Thank you so much for being a part. You could type any prayer requests you have into the comment section. You can email me directly, pastor at hopeforvermont.org, pastor at hope, F-O-R, Vermont spelled out, dot O-R-G, as we seek to be a church that truly cares about you and wants you to know that we will not only bear your burdens, but we will rejoice with you that rejoice. And so let us praise God together and be the family of God he's called us to become. Kids packs are available at the in-person worship gathering. That's 9 a.m. at Crossett Brook Middle School. Next week is our final week at Crossett Brook Middle School until September as we uh, meet in August or four of the Sundays in August just behind the chapel campus. But we look forward to one more Sunday at Crossett Brook Middle School next Sunday, 9 a.m. And then in August, we will be at 5805 Waterbury Still Road, Waterbury Center, Vermont. That's 5805 Waterbury Still Road, Waterbury Center, Vermont, 05677. We'll have the signs out as well. That's only going to be the 9 a.m. in-person service for uh, the month of August. No digital or online service at that time, or at least not as of now. Connection cards, you can simply text me your email address as there are several events we want you to uh, be aware of. Uh, text me your email address and we would love to uh, be in touch with you. Looking forward, there's several ways to get involved in our community, and we love when uh, we as a church can show up and encourage others. There's a band concert Tuesday night, 7 p.m. at the Waterbury Center Gazebo, Waterbury Center Gazebo, 7 p.m. on Tuesdays, and just encourage those that are part of the Waterbury Band. Friday, the 29th, Friday, July 29th, All Family Campfire with S'mores at 7 o'clock here at the Chapel Campus. All Family Campfire with S'mores, Friday, July 29th at 7 p.m. right here at the Chapel. Hopefully you can join and bring your family with you as well. And finally, for the announcements, golf tournament, Saturday, September 24th. Saturday, September 24th. The color should be beautiful. Bless Hill Country Club right here in Waterbury, uh, Waterbury, Vermont. Waterbury, Vermont. September 24th, golf tournament. Uh, details to be provided if you want to email me, pastor at hopeforvermont.org. And thank you so much for making time this Sunday morning as we have our digital online service live at 6.30 a.m. and then 9 9 a.m. in person at Crossbrook Brook Middle School. Look forward to uh, seeing those there that are able to make it and encouraging to invite others to join us, whether online or in person as well. The memory verse for July, we have two more weeks of this, this week and next. Luke 19.10, we find, For the Son of Man came to seek and save those who are lost. The memory verse for this month, this is from the New Living Translation, Luke 19.10. For the Son of Man came to seek and save those who are lost. The doctor does not come for those that feel great. The doctor comes for those that are in need of him. And Jesus came because we are in need of him. Once more, Luke 19.10. For the Son of Man came to seek and save those who are lost. Amen. And amen to uh, who God is and what he's done and how he is helping us. 
Prayer requests um, can be emailed to Stacy Granfield. Stacy uh, leads our guided prayer outline every Thursday. If you'd like to be added to that email list or the email prayer chain, you can certainly uh, contact her and do so. As we look uh, to pray, feel free to type in your prayer requests in the comment section. You can email those directly to me. You can private message those as well as we seek to pray for you and for those that you love and for those that God would have us reach. So for you, for those you love, and for those that God would have us reach, we desire for God's will to be done, that the church would grow, not just the local church of Living Hope Wesleyan, but the kingdom, the good news, the family of God, they might know God's not only introduction, but invitation to be a part of his family. So Jesus, we thank you that we can pause and pray. We can listen to the quiet and enjoy your presence. We thank you, Father, for the needs that are represented because we can become united in empathy, but also in spirit, knowing that we come to you, the one that has all the answers, that gives the gifts, that loves us dearly. So Jesus, for those that are in need, we lift them up. For those that are rejoicing, we celebrate with them. For those that are discouraged, we think of them. Help us to find ways to engage people with your truth, to love people in ways that show your way in a practical sense. And God, we just thank you for your wisdom and your help. We thank you for your comfort and your strength. We thank you for your peace, your joy, your hope, and just for being with us. We thank you, God, because you are real, you are relevant, and you care. We thank you, Father, and it's in your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. And I certainly thank you for um, for your prayers this past week, as uh, there were times that I needed them as a pastor and also as a Christian, as a person. But I uh, thank you for um, those that joined me in prayer for some specific requests that took place. Uh, we do thank you for your continued giving, your uh, obedience through tithes and offerings. It's a blessing. And uh, I've heard it said that, well, tithing is not something that the Bible tells us to do. And I would have my druthers. Is that the right word? Druthers? But uh, giving is certainly what God has called us to. He talked more about money than anything else Jesus did in the New Testament. And I think it's so important that we rely on him. We understand that he gives us strength. He gives us opportunity. And it shows that we depend on God and not ourselves. But we do thank you for your continued giving of tithes and offerings and being a part of Living Hope Wesleyan Church. Hopeforvermont.org. If you want to give online, click the Be Generous tab. You can see the address behind me if you want to mail checks to the Chapel Campus. 5793 Waterbury Stowe Road, Waterbury Center, Vermont, 05677. And as we continue this uh, month through the book of Acts, I'm still reminded of Acts 1-1, I told you, Dr. Luke telling his friend, I told you about everything Jesus began to do. I told you. I had a breakfast meeting with a gentleman yesterday, and he talked about the importance of learning from somebody, of having a mentor, and of having brothers to walk with. It's like, oh, I got to show you my notes because I've been saying, I've been preaching. It seems as though God is telling me that we need to share and reshare. We need to unlearn and relearn the thought that we can make it on our own, that what we've learned is good enough. We need to continually learn from somebody, walk with someone, and invest in others. 
brothers. This is the gospel. This is the good news. This is why Acts was written as for the spread, the expansion of the local church of the kingdom of God, of the good news, the unigalion, the good news, the gospel. This is what we need to share because the Holy Spirit has given us great power to be his witnesses, to tell people about him everywhere, about Jesus everywhere. This is Acts 1.8. We find these things. And also in Acts 1.14, how did they know? How did they uh, realize? How did they filter what they wanted versus what God wanted well they met together Acts 1:14 and we're constantly united in prayer they were constantly united in prayer we need to pray without ceasing we need to seek God's face and ask and meditate on his answers not our desires but his answers what he wants for us that we might become like him we are wanted you are adopted you are chosen into the family of god god wants you he offers the invitation for you and as we found with david that david reached out to mephibosheth who was crippled in both feet he lived in jerusalem but he ate regularly at the king's table with crippled feet you are welcome as one of the king's sons daughters family to sit at his table even though we know we are not worthy because of Jesus we are made worthy because of the choice that we've made to follow Jesus not simply to believe there is a God but to choose to follow the example of Jesus we have a seat at the king's table what a tremendous blessing that is to know that we have been chosen we have been cho- chosen as Barsabbas or Mephibosheth. You and I have been chosen to sit at the king's table. Wow. And we looked last week from 1 Samuel 16, 13. When they arrived, Samuel took one look at Eliab and thought, Surely this is the Lord's anointed. But God had other plans. But the Lord said to Samuel, don't judge by his appearance or height, for I've rejected him. The Lord doesn't see things the way you see them, but people judge for outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. How do we communicate to culture? How do we communicate Jesus' love in this society when people think we need to get the biggest influencer, we need to get the most popular, we need to look or dress a certain way, we need a certain uh, emotional uh, protege or stereotype what is the word i'm looking for neither of those are what i'm going for we need a personality type there we go the lord doesn't see things the way you see them people judge by outward appearance but the lord looks at the heart the lord looks at the heart so as the lord looks at the heart samuel anointed david with oil and the spirit of the lord came powerfully upon david from that day on The Spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon David from that day on. And if we look at how God used David, then we can understand what Pentecost is all about. We can understand what Jesus has done for us in Acts 2, 1 through 4. On the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place. Suddenly there was a sound from heaven like the roaring of a mighty windstorm, and it filled the house where they were sitting. Then what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them. And everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit. 
and began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. As the Old Testament, it was an isolated event. It was for one person at a time as David the Spirit of the Lord on him powerfully from that day on when Saul Samuel anointed him. We have that same thing now available to all who call on the name of Jesus to be saved, to be rescued, to find his hope. It's not just limited to an isolated event. It's not just limited to one chosen person, but it is for all who call on the name of Jesus. This is the gift. This is the comforter. This is the good news that Jesus is with us. It's no longer just in the past as Jesus was with Joseph, as Joseph had to endure, as Joseph had to go through, as Joseph was betrayed, the Lord was with Joseph. Now we jump to Acts chapter 7. Acts chapter 2 verse 7 when the people were completely amazed by hearing the language their own language being spoken by these people from Galilee. They said, how can this be? People start to ask Christians questions. How can this be that you're speaking to me in a culture, in a way that is resonating with my heart, the creator, the higher power, the God, the the one that has a plan for me? There's something inside me that I can't understand. How can this be? And then they stood perplexed, verse 12 of Acts 2. And they asked, what can this mean? What can this mean? How could this be? There's something going inside of me. There's something I can't explain. There's something connecting with my soul. There's something that is trying to engage my heart and my mind into something more. What can this mean? What can this mean? As we spoke of last week. And then there's Acts 2.13. And they stood there amazed and perplexed. What can this mean? They asked each other. But others in the crowd ridiculed them, saying, they're just drunk, that's all. Have you ever entered into a conversation where you felt like God was opening a door, where you were sharing your witness? Perhaps it's how you came to faith. Perhaps it's why you've denied giving your life to Jesus is because you wonder, how can this be? There's something going on. What can this mean for me? When you realize what this can mean, this abundant life, but it's going to mean that God changes us. We allow God to move in us so that what we desire, what we've always been compelled by, tempted by, given into, that God wants to change that, that he makes us a new creation We make an excuse. Oh, that's just drunk. Oh, well, that didn't really matter. Or that was just emotions. Or I don't have to follow Jesus. There's such power in what you think and the power of influence that we give to others that they're just drunk. When previously the question was asked, how can this be? What can this mean? And then the excuse of, well, they're just drunk. Looking forward to Acts 2.14. God calls a remnant. He has a remnant. God calls a spokesperson. He calls and uses Christians, people. It doesn't have to be a pastor. It doesn't have to be a priest. It doesn't have to be somebody with professional training. God uses people. He chose people. He chose Peter when no other rabbi chose Peter. And then Peter stood up. He stepped forward with the 11 other apostles and shouted to the crowd, Listen carefully, all of you, fellow Jews and residents of Jerusalem. Make no mistake about this. Then, after... I'm sorry, make no mistake about this. And then he began to quote Joel 2, 28. 
through 32. So we go now to the Old Testament book of Joel. He's telling them something that they've heard before. He's using something from their past that they're familiar with. Maybe God would help us or choose us or have us use stories as we may be in a post-Christian world. He wants a pre-Christian response where people don't understand, but they understand stories. So Joel 2, 28 through 32 is what Peter quoted. Then, after doing all those things, I will pour out my Spirit upon all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams, and your young men will see visions. In those days, I will pour out my Spirit, even on servants, even on those that did not usually get the, uh, the visions, that did not give authority. I don't care. God's giving it to everyone, men and women alike, men and women Alike, And I will cause wonders in the heavens and on earth, blood and fire and columns of smoke. The sun will become dark and the moon will turn blood red before the great and terrible day of the Lord. But everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. For some on Mount Zion and Jerusalem will escape just as the Lord has said. These will be among the survivors whom the Lord has called. So we go to Acts 2.21, quoting this scripture from Joel, but everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved, not only for heaven, not just saved for when you die, but for eternal abundant life now that we can have hope now as we've had, as I've had, as perhaps you have heard or heard of people saying, well, if my hope is only heaven, then I'm going to take my life now. If there's nothing to live for now, if it's either heaven or hell, then what do I have to live for here on earth? But Jesus is saying, no, there's abundant life available now. There's eternal life that you can have now, that you can experience God's love and forgiveness now here on earth. That's why I sent my son Jesus, that you might know him, that you might know him and make him known that you can get through this life of chaos. You can get through this culture and society that is questioning you, that makes you question what you believe, that is questioning your identity, questioning why you are here. You can say, how can this be? What does this mean? And instead of saying, oh, they're just drunk, just saying, oh, forget what is taking place. You could say, this has great importance on my life that now I can live eternal, abundant life for Jesus. Because people of Israel, this is Peter continuing, listen, God publicly endorsed Jesus, the Nazarene, by doing powerful miracles, wonders, and signs through him. As you well know, God publicly endorsed him as we try to communicate through the power of the Holy Spirit because God has set up conversations for us. We could say when you thought there was no God, when you you question like why do bad things happen to good people, when you ask and shake your fist at God and wonder like where is there forgiveness? Do I deserve this punishment because I know what I've done? I know what's taken place in my life. You can look and say God has been there. God has shown that there is a pathway, that God has never left you, and God will never leave you. He is for you. That's why Jesus came, that all might have life and have it abundantly. But God knew what would happen, and his prearranged plan 
was carried out when Jesus was betrayed with the help of lawless Gentiles. You nailed him to a cross and killed him. So as you put yourself in the story, this is Peter telling people the good news of Jesus, but he's also telling them what took place with the help of lawless Gentiles. You nailed him to a cross and you killed him. Your sin is why Jesus had to die on the cross that we might have salvation. And it's not just your sin, but it's my sin. It's not this their sin from the ancient works and the ancient times in which this is written. But it was for us now that we would understand that God's forgiveness is for all of us because we all had a part. We all had a part in Jesus' death. It was not just those in Noah's time that rejected him. It was not just those from Sodom and Gomorrah that were so evil. It's not just those that think that they can sin and continue. And, but it's all of our sin. That however minute, minuscule, you compare your sin to somebody else, Jesus needed to die on the cross to bring you salvation. For that sin, just as much as you might say, well, that's a bigger sin, that they need Jesus more. No, we all need Jesus. We all need Jesus because we all have had a part in nailing him to the cross. But nailing him to the cross was not our decision, but it was God's decision that we might have life, that we might know him, that we might understand that God is for us and he loves us. Because in verse 24 of Acts, Chapter 2, but God released him from the horrors of death. But God released him and raised him back to life, for death could not keep him in its grip. Death could not keep Jesus in its grip. Your sin cannot keep you any longer in its grip if you confess and go to Jesus and say, God, I need you. I desire you. I want your healing. I need your freedom. We look at this verse and we think, how can this be? What can this mean? And then you might come up with an excuse. I'm going to stop following Jesus because they're just drunk. They don't make any sense. This is too good to be true. The grace of God, the forgiveness of my sins, the fact that I can move forward, the fact that I don't have to experience this sin any longer. Jesus forgives. Jesus takes away the burden. Jesus makes you alive. Jesus wipes away every tear. Jesus is the lifter of your head. Jesus says, in the morning, there are new mercies. There is great joy. How can this be? because of Jesus. What can this mean? You have a responsibility to follow him. Not just to believe, but to follow him. Or you can make an excuse, well, they're just drunk. I tried it once. It's too good to be true. But God released him from the horrors of death and raised him back to life, for death could not keep him in its grip. Death could not keep him in its grip. John 3.16 For this is how God loved the world. He gave His one and only Son so that everyone who believes in Him will not perish but have eternal life. You will not perish. 
you will have eternal life, not just so you die and go to heaven instead of dying and go to hell, but you can live in this chaos. You can live in this suffering. You can live not knowing and believe that there is one that gives great hope, that has a peace and a joy for you, even though you are depressed, even though you are disappointed, even though you are discouraged, even though you are distracted. God can give you this eternal life that can help you move forward, that can help you wake up and enjoy and look forward to the day because his new his mercies are new and they're available and they're for us that we can approach his throne boldly because in John 10 10 the thief's purpose is to steal kill and destroy my purpose this is the new living translation is to give them a rich and satisfying life a rich and satisfying life i don't know if you've ever had a coffee if you like coffee i enjoy coffee i just want the caffeine in my blood i don't care about uh the taste but i had french press coffee and there is a boldness a richness that well i could taste i could feel I got to experience. And Jesus is saying there is a rich and satisfying life for you now, not just when you die and you figure out, oh, there is a heaven or oh, there is a hell, but there's a richest now, this eternal life. And we look at the English Standard Version, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. You might feel as though you've had things stolen from you, taken from you. You've experienced death and destruction. There is one that says, I have come to restore the years the locusts have eaten. And this is the same one that says, I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. Have life and have it abundantly. This is what God has for us. Life that we might have it abundantly and we might share it with others. If you openly declare Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart, that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. This is the time that comes to us. The time promised by God has come at last. He announced the kingdom of God is near. Repent of your sins and believe the good news. Repent and believe. So believe, confess, repent. Believe that there is a God that loves you. Confess your sins and repent. To repent means to turn from the direction you're going. You need to turn away from the temptations that suck you in, that you give into, that cause you to sin. Turn away from those that you are going in an opposite direction. And when you get uh, faced with those again, you can say, Jesus, I am yours. I'm going after you. Believing and following are different. Believing and following are different. You can believe there's a God, but God wants us to confess with our mouth, and then he wants to follow him. And that is through repentance, that we turn away from what we thought that we might enjoy his abundant life now, his eternal life now, not simply when you die, but the hope that we have. As I spent nearly five hours with a friend that was really questioning a lot. The answer I gave was that, well, when you die, you get to go to heaven, or when you die, you find out if hell is real. The answer that I believe God gave me is, as you live, as you are discouraged and depressed and have such turmoil in your life, know that salvation doesn't come 
simply when you die, but salvation is here now. The fact that Jesus came to earth, he was sent by his Father, that he might give us life, forgiveness of sins, freedom, healing, that we can walk each day, that we have breath in our lungs with great hope and joy, that there is a plan, that there is a purpose for us to share with others, to give generously to others, to be there for others, not just to sulk and spill out our vulnerabilities, but to spill out our vulnerabilities, embracing the accountability that God would use others to keep us close to him that would help us make wise decisions that would make his salvation known this is the eternal life that we get to experience the moment that we say jesus i confess your name i believe in your heart and i choose to follow you i repent and turn away from my sins i am going with you i experience eternal life here on earth And it will be eternal because as we die, we go from life to life, not life to death. So as we live, we live knowing his great salvation. The fact that Jesus came for us, that we would know him and know his purpose for us and his love. So if you're feeling alone, If you're feeling depressed, know that there is a Savior. Know that there is someone that cares. I had opportunity to interview um, a gentleman that was on America's Got Talent. He was on The Voice. A friend of mine actually introduced me to him when I was doing the podcast during uh, COVID, the heart of the pandemic. And uh, on Monday... I learned that he died. I don't know if it was a suicide. I don't know if it was an overdose. I just know there are situations where I went back and listened to that interview with Nolan Neal. And Nolan told me that whenever he felt successful, that's when the addiction really started to pull on his life and More often than not, he would give in to the addiction. He said the happiest he was is when he was not known and he was playing in recovery centers for 20 and 30 people, not on stage in front of millions with TV cameras and the rest. And it just made me wonder, Colossians 3.3, being hidden with Christ in God. Let's be content being hidden with Christ and God. That it does not matter if we are seen, but God is seen in us. That God would be displayed. That as people see our smile, God resonates through the power of his Holy Spirit that he cares for them. That as God is drawing people, he might use us, but we don't want us to be seen or heard or known. But all that we care about is salvation came through the name of Jesus. Salvation came because of who God is is and how he loves and what he's done what can this mean revival what does this mean it means that we are going to have to take the necessary steps to allow god to make changes in our life that we turn and we repent from the things that we've experienced that we've done that we've taken part in that god might use us so that god would be seen even more greatly and so Instead of just dismissing this by, oh, they're just drunk. 
oh, they've done it again. Like they've had a religious experience. You know how that works out in six months and two weeks. We say, Jesus, we are here for you. That you might be seen. That you might be lifted up. That you might be known. And your abundant eternal life might be experienced here on earth. Because you came to save. Jesus, we thank you. Because you are so good. And it's in your name we pray. Amen.